BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This ride is just insane! We're gonna go 165 feet in the air. We're gonna drop down 180 feet, like an 85 degree angle. You ready? I hate this you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And now we're going into an Emmelman maneuver. I had that last week, actually. Coast in the country. With Marcus LeShock. WGN TV studios in Chicago. This is Coast in the Country. I'm Marcus Lashock. Welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. This is where we run down everything that is happening in the theme park, where we tell you about all the great places you can travel to across the country and just have some good old fashioned family fun. Once again, this week, we are keeping it local. It is hot in Chicagoland right now. Hot and sticky. Finally. I know a lot of you are saying, we had an awful winter. Oh, maybe I'm just getting older and I'm not used to it anymore, but this winter stunk. Went on forever. And finally, it's warm here and it's like unbearable to be outside. So we are headed to the water park. This week on WGM Morning News, I hope all of you have been watching. I went to one of my favorite places in the area, Raging Waves out in Yorkville. Independent water park opened back in 2008. It is tough being an independent water park, especially being an independent water park in a climate that's not warm all year long. You're seeing a lot of water parks like those getting gobbled up by the big companies right now because it's hard. When you have bad weather days, you just close. You don't have a theme park on the other side of your water park to offset the cost. You don't have a giant corporation with theme parks and water parks across the country to offset maybe some of the markets that are getting hammered by bad weather. You have to you have to take all that punishment and those losses from those days. It's not like, well, we'll just make up that in December because you have to be closed because it's cold. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. So I like going and supporting these places because... Um, you know, especially when they're run well, because you know that the ownership is really, it's a, they're taking a chance having a water park in a market like this. Randy Witt is the co-owner of uh, Raging Waves. I've gotten to know him over the years. They're always present at the ACE events at uh, No Coaster Con. They're kind of a staple there the last couple of years that I've been there. Uh, super nice guys. Very passionate about the amusement park business. We always, whenever we get together, we always geek out about not just what's going on at Raging Waves, but what's happening at parks everywhere. Um, across the country. And so if you've been watching WGM Morning News, you know I've been out to Raging Waves before. I've been on their slides over the years. They're a ton of fun. Uh, But this year I went to check out the wave pool. They've got a pretty good size wave pool there. And you know what? I've never seen how a wave pool actually works. They invited me out to give me a behind the scenes tour of their wave making room, just how, uh, you know, everything works in that. And I I, I was like, yeah, I want to go check that out. 
I've never seen that before. And we're going to get to it in a second, but first let's do a little history of the wave pool. So according to the internet, which is always a great source, creating artificial waves in swimming areas goes back to the 1840s. King Ludwig or Ludwig. I'm going to say Ludwig. The second of Bavaria had a lake electrified to create breaking waves. Can you imagine the workers who were assigned to that job back then? You want to do what? King Ludwig? You want to do what to the water? With electricity in the water? Just imagine the small talk happening when they were building whatever the heck that contraption was. Man, you believe this guy? We got flu to deal with and colds, but here we are in the water building this thing. I mean, what was the life expectancy back then? Like 35 years? <laughs> Probably more than that, but I mean, they had some serious issues back in the 1840s. And here's what that's progress, man. That's what's going on. I guess we should thank King Ludwig, though, for sending whoever he sent out there to do that. It's probably an awful, awful situation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, 1840s, when that goes back to. Uh, but wave pools became a thing here in the United States back in the 1960s. One of the first was at a park in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, we talked to Randy Witt at Raging Waves recently. He told us about some of the early versions of wave pools and the problems that they faced be the old paddles where a paddle would actually push the water and make the waves problem with that was when a hydraulic line broke you had over 10,000 gallons of hydraulic oil in your wave pool didn't mix well so you had to drain the pool you had to clean it all up refill it big pain in the neck yeah so that's the problem that's that's a that's a problem you don't want to have hydraulic oil pouring <laughs> pouring into your swimming pool when you're a water park owner so the more modern wave pools what they've done uh, like Raging Waves, the wave pool there, they use air to make waves. So now it evolved into air. So the waves you see being made right now is all done with air, with huge, huge blowers. Randy took us behind the scenes, as I mentioned, into that wave room. That's that big wall that you see on the back of the wave pool. Uh, we went behind that, and uh, here's what he had to say about what goes on in that room. If you had to... Our website, WGNTV.com slash Coastin. You will see my full story on this. Um, it, it helps to see the visuals of what's going on in the room, but I think he describes it pretty well so you can kind of get a picture of what's happening in this. Uh, to me, it's this is really fascinating stuff to me. And so here's him describing everything that you see in that room that makes the waves possible. So this is our wave generating room. So, so this the is behind when you're looking at the pool, you see that big wall. We're behind that right now. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This is what's behind. These are the caissons right here. There's six of them that go deep in the ground. They go 12 feet in the ground from here. And these are the six caissons that are across the back of the wave pool that you see from outside. Okay. Now this is where this is where all the waves happen. These big blowers on each side of us. These blowers create so much air, Marcus, that if we were to put you against the wall and turn a blower on you, you could physically not get off that wall. It would pin you to the wall. They blow at about 250 miles an hour. They move an enormous amount of air. And basically what's happening is, is one caisson is filling up with water, the air is pushing out the other. Then these hydraulic manifolds up here 
they are the ones that are switching the waves and forcing the air out of one chaos on and letting the water come in another. So it's constantly a, a thing where air is pushing out water in one, where the water is coming back in another, and it's just this and this and this. Yeah, it is so loud in there when the waves are happening. You got to wear uh, big, huge, protective earphones if you go into that room when that is happening. You got to be careful where you walk because, as he said, some of that air blowing back can really push you against the back wall in there. But, um, yeah, it was really, really cool to see. I mean, you're talking about giant machines blasting air 200-plus miles an hour to make those waves happen with those little hydraulic uh flaps that kind of go back and forth, these little machines that direct that air into different uh, caissons that go down. And all of that is orchestrated by this large computer control panel uh, that lets them make all kinds of patterns, seven patterns in total. We talked about that a little bit. This is the brains of the whole operation right here. This is the computer box, the computer controls, all the, um, uh, where the patterns are generated from. Uh, it's all controlled out of this box right here. Yeah, so they can change the intensity uh, with those different patterns. So basically you have all these seven different patterns that they have. They have the rolling wave pattern. That's your stat standard rolling wave that you see in a wave pool. They can angle those uh, rolling waves to different sides of the pool. And then there's the diamond pattern. This is the one that has the waves crashing together in the middle of the pool. They can get about six feet in the air. It's the most intense wave that they have. You got to see the video again, wgntv.com slash to see what I'm talking about, but it's a lot of fun, but you got to be careful when you're in there in this situation, of course, but it's fun. And that's where it gets really rocking in the pool. And they've got all kinds of safety features around the wave pool. The lifeguards can disable the waves very quickly. There's buttons they can push. They can jump in to save somebody who might be struggling. Uh, Randy told us that with all of the advances in water slides and the new rides and everything else in water parks, the wave pool is still a staple of the water park. This is a staple. You have a major water park, you've got to have a wave pool. You've got to have a place where people can go in. If they don't want to wait in line, if they don't wanna be standing on a tower waiting to go down one of our slides, they can always come in here right away. They can get wet, they can cool down, they can enjoy the waves. Yeah, this is something you have to have in a major water park. Did you hear that in the background? That is the, that is the cool thing that happens. And it happens every time when you're at a water park, you hear the horn that signifies waves coming and everybody in the pool is like, yeah, woo, waves are coming. Here it is. <laughs> Does that not bring you back to childhood? I was just at the water park with my kids the other day, and it was the same thing. When that little noise goes off, whatever your water park does, it makes that noise, and <laughs> you just get excited, right? Because you know that you're going to have fun for about 10 minutes. So the waves, they go for about 10 minutes, and then they stop. And I always wondered that, like, why don't they just keep the waves going? Those machines got to cool down back there. It gets really warm. They get going, and they're working hard. They need some time to cool down. And also the lifeguards need some time to take a break because it's more stressful for them, obviously, when the waves are going because all kinds of stuff's moving around in there. They got to see everybody. So they deserve the break. But also the machines do too. So, um, yeah, I totally recommend that you go again. I'm plugging this over and over WGNTV.com slash coast. And that's where the story is up there. And, uh, it was a lot of fun to put together and it was a lot of fun to do big. Thanks to them for us. A big thanks to them for having us out there to do that. That was cool. And that's not the only news that we have this week. We got a new roller coaster in Chicagoland. 
I've played this music so many times on the podcast so far. Max Force, we're not just talking about it anymore. It has officially opened to the public at Six Flags Great America in Gurney. I was one of the first people to ride this thing, really, period, uh, who doesn't work there at the park, and to ride it live on television. I think I was the first one to ride it live on television. 4.45 a.m. on Media Day features North America's fastest fastest acceleration on a roller coaster, 0 to 78 miles an hour in less than two seconds. You get going so fast in this thing in such a short distance. It's crazy. Uh, you can watch all my rides on the WGN News YouTube channel. You should be subscribed to. Thanks to everybody who's watched those and shared those. It's been a lot of fun. It wasn't just me riding it. I took Dan Ponce, our morning anchor out there. He rode it with me. Jeff Hoover, uh, one of our morning show producers, went out and rode it with me. It's one of those rides where you want to see everybody's reaction to the launch because the launch is just insane. And I got to say, when I was watching it testing, when I showed up, I was a little nervous, man. When you see that thing take off and the first time I got in the seat, I didn't ride it until I rode it live on the air. I always want my reaction to be real with you guys. So I want that first reaction documented. I don't want to get it like under my belt and then feel like, well, I got to be proper for TV. I want a real reaction on television. So when I was sitting in that seat, I'm live on the air. Um, It's dark. The sun's just barely coming up. I was, my palms are getting sweaty. I was getting nervous, man. Not kidding. So if you haven't seen it, maybe you have. I'm going to play it here for you, my ride on the coaster. This is what it sounded like when I wrote it. Here, take a listen. Oh, hold on. There we go. They told me it's so fast, I can't keep my hands up on, on the launch. I got to keep my hands down here. Oh, my goodness. So we're still moving forward. I'm waiting for it to kind of lock in. I got my head back here. Oh, we stopped. Oh. I feel oh. something happening. And uh, we're moving back a little bit, and we're getting ready to go here. Oh, God. Let's see what happens. Oh. And, oh, boy, the oh. alarm's going off. Here we go. And 10 seconds. I'm oh, told geez. there's rumbling happening. <laughs> my- oh, oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Oh, we're going into the immersion. Oh, we are so high up. So we're going to go under the launch track here. Oh. And then here's the barrel roll. Whoa. Oh, you get some good air time on that. And then, whoa! Oh! Oh! Oh my goodness. Are you okay? Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was a ton of fun, guys. It was a really, really cool ride. And, um... You can see my full review on the YouTube channel as well. I did like a first reaction review to the coaster after, but as you can hear, I really love the experience. The launch, even more intense than I could have imagined. I've been on Top Thrill Dragster. I've been on other things like Vertical Velocity, but Dragster is like the thing that I would compare this to. If you haven't been on like an SNS launch coaster in Japan or something where they've got even faster ones than this. But in North America, I mean, like Top Thrill Dragster, King to Ka, like that's this is this is the wheelhouse that you're in with a launch like this. And I got to say, this was the most intense I've felt. Those other rides get up to a higher top speed, but this really takes your breath away when it starts. It's like, whoa, it's fast and um, it's not a long ride. It's it's not. That's definitely true. 
But to me, this is not about the length. It's about the launch. It's so wild that everything that came after that double inversion, that barrel roll, the little inversion that you do there at the end, that was all a blur to me the first time. You really have to ride it multiple times to fully appreciate those and what you are doing in those. Also about the coaster, I think this is a front row ride. I rode it about seven times all over the train. The front seat is the best seat, in my opinion. Uh, best part of the ride is when you, you creep up at the beginning, you're in the front, you see the launch system in the track getting ready to launch you. It's doing all kinds of stuff. You see the tunnel and ahead, you see the airtime hill that you're about to go go on ahead. And when you're in the other rows, you only see the seat back that's in front of you. They've got such high headrests that you can't really see what's going on or what's coming in front of you really blocks your view. And I will say though, when you're in the back of the train, like in the back seat, back, back car, it's neat to see the rest of the train when you're back there. So when you're going through like the barrel roll and you can see the rest of the train twisting in front of you, that's pretty cool. But I think this is a front seat ride. Definitely a front seat ride. Unfortunately, unfortunately right now you can't request a seat because they're moving people on and off as quickly as possible. So you can't like wait for the front. You just got to get lucky and get it. But I assume eventually that they're going to figure that out. Now, some other max force news that I have talked about here and I've got it confirmed. There will be a canopy, a shade canopy over that really front portion of the line. I told you about before. So right before you get in the station, there's that, there's that, area there with the queue that rectangle shaped area there will be a canopy over that um they haven't installed it yet so many people online have seen in the forums i've seen it on the facebook groups many of you guys questioning if they plan to put one in at all they are they are going to do that i asked the park about it they told me this this is an exact quote quote a shade canopy will be added as soon as next week the maintenance team is finalizing the queue line and the canopy is the next stop. So there you go. Um, as I mentioned, though, I don't believe they're going to canopy the entire queue, just that front section. So that means you're going to spend some time under the sun as you do in a lot of queues at rides. But uh, this you could be spending quite a bit of time under sun still. So it's very hot right now. If you plan to go during these hot summer months, july august uh bring your and you're gonna wait in line for this thing although i will say what i've been hearing from most people is the line's only been like an hour hour and a half which is still long but for a brand new coaster and with only two trains and sometimes with one train running because uh they've been you know doing some maintenance work on it to have only an hour line for that that's pretty good i will i will say i'm pretty impressed with that for a line that opens i mean we just saw the hagrid coaster open at universal and the line's like eight ten hours or something you're not having that at max force which is cool so but either way you're going to be waiting for this thing bring yourself a hat bring yourself a water bottle uh something to shade yourself something to fan yourself off with grab a park map or something because you're going to be saying it's it's hot right now so you want to be uh careful about that now, um, before we go today, there's one more thing I want to address really quick. Um, more of a serious topic here. Um, there's a video that was going around this week showing a big fight that broke out at Disneyland in the Toontown section there. You've probably seen this video. It's been seen millions of times. Fight was apparently between family members. Everybody in the video was uh, in the same family, but... Uh, it was a particularly ugly scene um, featuring men hitting women, women being thrown to the ground. Uh, they're 
young children with this group in strollers being pushed out of the way. So these people could fight. It was just, it's, it's a really hard video to watch. And, um, our sister station out in Los Angeles, Disneyland's in their backyard, KTLA, uh, they put together a story and I shared it on my social media. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is because a few of you asked me why I would do that. Like, why are you sharing this video even? Why even share it? And to me, first of all, this fight went on. If you've seen the video, the fight went on for about five minutes before a real security presence was there to intervene and get this family calmed down and get them out of the park. Um, so to me, that's the newsworthy part of this. You know, we share, if you're, if you're listening to this, you love theme parks. I do this because I love theme parks. I love going to theme parks. I love taking my family to theme parks. I love the fact that you can escape from whatever's going on in your life. There's this joy that should come from walking into these places and seeing these rides and seeing the games. And to me, it brings me back to my childhood. And I love to see my kids there having a great time. And so when you see incidents like this happen, um, and the response is the way it was to me. That's, that's newsworthy. We all want to know that when we're going to these parks, we're going to have fun that, um, we're safe, right? You want to know that. And so to me, how long it took for them to respond to this incident was the newsworthy part of it. And I know a lot of you on the comments, a lot of you who have shared the video are saying the same thing that you were just sort of surprised by how long this was able to go on before it was shut down. Now, Disneyland did release a statement to our sister station, KTLA. They said, quote, any type of violence is inexcusable and will not be tolerated, unquote. That's a, yeah. And I, I, and I think everybody agrees with that. Now, I haven't spoken to anybody at Disneyland personally, but I have spent a lot of time with people who run theme parks um, from the highest level to lower levels. But um, I've spent time with people who work at Disney parks. And I would be willing to bet big money that there are people who run security at Disneyland, Disney world, Disney parks in general, who are looking at this situation and will use it as a teaching tool for how they can get to these situations faster and handle them better. I would bet on it that that's happening. Again, I haven't talked to them about what they're doing after seeing this, but, um, I would be shocked if that's not the case. The Anaheim police have also chimed in on this and they have said that they are now that there's video evidence, they are looking into it. They've identified the people. They know who the people are. Um, they're looking into that. They've said that it's not uncommon though for the heat to get to people and for altercations to break out. But again, just myself interjecting here with this particular incident seemed like another level to me than anything I've ever seen. I've seen fights break out at parks at place, all kinds of places. Right. But I, I've never seen anything like this at a theme park. And I think a lot of people felt the same way when they saw it. And, um, it was just, it was just really hard and really disheartening to see it. This what happened on Monday. I'm recording this on a Thursday and I've still been thinking about it a little bit every day. And so there's just one more thing that I want to add to it. Um, without getting into too much of my personal beliefs, my faith. Um, I just, will say that I'm a praying person. I believe in the power of prayer and I will be praying for this family in particular, this family that was fighting in the video, particularly those kids in that family that were there and seeing the look on their faces at, as this is all going on, you know, I have young kids 
around that age. And um, no kid should have to see that ever. And look, I'm not ignorant. I know that this stuff happens everywhere. It happens everywhere in every neighborhood, like everywhere with people. Domestic issues are real. Domestic violence is real. Ask a cop. You know, I know a lot of police officers and this is stuff they deal with all the time, everywhere. Every cop deals with it. And you just don't see it very often in public places like Disneyland breaking out like this, but that doesn't make it any worse or any better. You know, it's just, um, so really the thing that I'm hoping for with these people is that they can find help and they can get some peace in their lives. Um, but you know, as that spokesperson from Disney said, there really is no excuse for the violence. Um, there are, and should be consequences, real consequences for some of the things that are happening in this video. Um, but there's been a few videos this week, not even just going off tangent here off of out of the theme park world that have gone viral this week that, um, there's some real anger here, you know, in this, in this video, when you have this man walking around saying, I'm prepared to go to jail tonight over what's going on. And uh, it just makes me, it made me real sad, the video. So um, I hope this is a rock bottom moment for these people, uh, this family. And I hope that they can find a way to seek help for the issues that are going on, that they um, know that there is a better way to deal with the issues that they're having, that anger that's inside, wherever that's coming from. Um, and it doesn't have to be like that. And listen, there's probably, there are a lot of people watch this video and it might've been convicting to them saying, yeah, I know that situation that, that happens in my house. I mean, maybe you're a young person, maybe you're an adult, you are like, yeah, we get heated and that happens in my house. Um, there's help for you. There's people you can talk to that want to talk to you. There are therapists, there are churches that can get you in touch with people who can help you. And um, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just acknowledging that that video is going around, that these are real issues. And uh, we got to deal with it too. We got to deal with the, whenever you get groups of people, large groups of people together, um, things can happen at parks and um, anywhere really. So, um, I just hoping for the best for those, that family, particularly those kids that, um, they deserve to be able to go to Disneyland and have a joyful experience and not have to worry in the back of their head that is this going to be another time where this happens? And man, it just makes me, uh, makes me real sad, but, uh, also just praying for them that they find that peace and they find that help. Uh, that they are going to need. If any, if any other news comes out of this, um, not, I'm not getting into the who's arrested and what charges and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about stuff where parks decide to change the way they handle security, put no, put new um, uh, measures in place, things like that. I'll be sure to keep you guys posted for whatever I hear. I'm sure you'll, you'll hear it too. But if I hear anything about that, um, off of these things, then that affects everybody, right? So we'll be sure to talk about that. 
uh, that's going to do it for episode 10 uh, of the podcast. And sad to say, a little housekeeping here for you. I got to take the next few weeks off the podcast. I am actually anchoring our news all week next week, 4 to 10 a.m. That takes up a lot of my morning uh, when I get in here and do these podcasts. And the week after that, I'm heading to Orlando. This is exciting. I will be visiting Universal for the first time in 25 years. Hoping to ride Hagrid, Coaster, everything else that's there. Uh, I'll have a full report when I get back. I'll be talking with the people also. Also, uh, I'm going to be talking with the people from Silver Dollar City in Branson soon about everything that's they're working on down there. That's Branson, Missouri. Uh, they've got a ride that they're building. They're going to announce something in the middle of August. So I might talk to her then or a little bit before then just to see if we can pull a little information out about what they're working on. And speaking of information, I've also got some scoop on the new ride coming to Kings Island next year. They're building a roller coaster. We talked about it on the podcast before. The blueprints are out. A giga coaster. But just how giga is it going to be? Yeah, I got a little bit of information there, I think. But uh, we'll save on that for now. And uh, also plan to go to Kennywood very soon to ride Steel Curtain. Their new SNS coaster is finally opening. It's opening this week. I can't ride it on the media day because we have our block party on WGM Morning News that we're doing. We do it every year. It's a big event. Uh, I can't miss it because that is my number one job. But I will get out to Kennywood soon to ride that. I also want to do another story at Kennywood that's connected to the Chicagoland area, which is pretty cool. So, all right, don't forget to follow me on social media. I'm Marcus Lashock on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All of our coverage lives, as I mentioned, WGNTV.com slash Coastin. You can subscribe to the WGN News YouTube channel for all kinds of great coaster videos I'll be posting there. For now, push down and pull up on your lap bars. I'm Marcus Lashock. Peace out.